I was in prison, and you came to visit me. With these words, Christ challenges each of us to spend time serving those who, because of circumstance or bad choices, can't serve themselves. Welcome to Someone Cares, a faith ministry dedicated to helping us all answer that challenge. For many years, this outreach program has carried healing doses of hope and Christian love behind prison walls and touched the lives of those in desperate need of both. I'm your Someone Cares radio host, Charles Mills. I want to help, but I don't know how. This is a common phrase uttered by people whose hearts are touched by the need to reach those in prison. Regular listeners to this show know all about the Pen Friend program through the Someone Cares Prison Ministry. Using this powerful tool, regular people like us can communicate anonymously and safely with those behind bars, sharing our love for God with words on paper. But what if we have a desire to do something more up close and personal, like talk face-to-face with incarcerated individuals? How do we make that happen? Well, our guest today may have just the answers for which we're searching. John Hawley, who lives in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, runs a prison ministry where he does just that. Let's talk with him about his ministry and what it takes to answer God's directive to touch lives behind bars. John Hawley, welcome to Someone Cares. Thank you, Charles. Glad to be here and appreciate this opportunity. Okay, give us a little background to why you decided to interrupt a perfectly good retirement to take on this particular challenge. Okay, that's a good question. Well, I'm a retired school teacher, and I kept wondering, what am I going to do with my time after I retire? Uh-huh. I thought about prison ministry, but felt a little bit uncomfortable. I didn't know where to begin, uh, who to talk to, or how to even get started. And the Lord sent a new pastor to our church, and he had a burden for prison ministry. And he was visiting a couple of our members who were in jail, Uh and he was looking for people to go with him. So he invited me to join him, and I thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity uh, to see what it's like. And so I went with him a few times. He went to the mission field with our youth group, and the night before he left. He called me and said, John, can you continue visiting these inmates while I'm gone or until I come back? And I said, yes, I'd be glad to. And he never came back. He died of a heart attack while he was with the youth in in the mission. And uh, so it it was really quite a shock to, to the whole church. And we know this was his heart for ministry. And so we have continued. God has opened doors and it has really expanded in the last three years. So that was how we got started. (laughs) This is amazing because there are people right now listening to this program who are probably where you used to be. They have an interest in it, but they're not sure what to do. What are some of the steps they should take? I mean, let's let's hopefully, God forbid, that their pastor passes away, but what are some steps that they can take right now to sort of move from their desire to their action? Right. Well, the first step would be to pray about it. Mm. And if God has put it on their heart, that means God is actually wanting them to do something. Mm -hmm. So if they would pray and pray for somebody like-minded with a a passion to work with inmates, and God will open doors and He will lead you to that person. And when you find that person, pray together and check out your local jails, prisons, and find out what you would have to do to take the training to be able to get in. Mm -hmm. 
because they usually have a waiting list of organizations and churches that would like to do ministry, really? but uh, it's hard to get in. But huh. God can open doors, and that's what he did for us many times. I like what you say there. If God has laid a burden on you, he also has a plan for that burden to be realized. Am I right in saying that? You are correct. And if he puts it on our hearts, that means he's calling us to do something. So when you started, John Hawley, when you started in prison ministry, what surprised you the most about going into a prison and and dealing with inmates? Did you have some preconceived ideas that the actual reality kind of snuffed out? Well, I tried not to, but your mind just kind of, you know, thinks about all kinds of situations that could be. And and when you take the training, they cover a lot of issues and situations that could happen and what you do in case they do something does happen, and so on and so forth. But uh, it was amazing. These guys are real. They're just like you and me, and they just made some wrong choices and decisions. They are open, and the guys that come to our study are open for answers. They're open for hope. They're, they're looking for hope. They're looking for somebody to care and to guide them and to point the way. And so it's amazing when you get in, and the Holy Spirit just takes over and uses you in a mighty way through the Word, through prayer, and through you're just encouraging these guys. I mean, it's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> just prepare, pray, and go forward, and God does the rest. It sounds like God is preparing the way even before you get there. He has already been talking to these people's hearts. And that makes sense because God does not abandon someone simply because they're in jail. Am I right in saying that? You are correct. And I'll tell you what, I find find more sincere Christians and individuals seeking God behind bars than I actually find in the church. We seem to be kind of complacent and, and not really excited about spiritual things in the church as we could be. But these guys, the ones that are serious, I know they talk about jailhouse religion. I think it's real. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is when they get out, if they don't have some support, if they don't have a small group support or a church, it's easy for them to go back to their old friends that would be glad for you know for them to come back to their old ways. So it's it's really, we found it's very important to try to support them, especially when they get out. What do you say to them, John Hawley, to bring the hope that they need? These guys, or women too, I'm sure, these people are behind bars, they made a mistake, and they're paying the price for that mistake, and they probably, in many cases, I'm assuming, feel pretty bad about themselves. How do you bridge that gap to say, you know, hey, you are worth something to someone, and that's God, and to me? Is that what you tell them? Yes. Uh, one of the first things I say God loved you too much to leave you going the direction you were going, so uh, he allowed you to come here so that you would have time to learn about him. And one of the other things that I like to share is we have all sinned. The wages of sin is death, but God has given his life as a gift, and all we have to do is to accept him paying the death penalty in place of us. It sounds simplistic to some of the guys, but when they catch on to it, you can see the glimmer of hope that comes into their eyes. And every once in a while, we'll have a, an individual that says, I've never been to church, I've never read the Bible, and I've never heard things like this. So it really encourages, brings hope, and brings it just there's another chance. They don't have to continue their old ways. They can be changed by the grace of God.
We're talking with John Hawley. He is the director of a ministry down in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area that uh, goes behind bars and brings that hope that he's been talking about to people. And we've discovered that the Holy Spirit's already been there. He's already been preparing the way so that John Hawley and his group and the people that uh, go behind bars, the way has been paved and they just have to walk down there and pick up the the pace and and help these people that the Holy Spirit has already started to work on. Now, John Hawley, do you have some examples of of people whose lives have changed because you showed up and continued the work of the Holy Spirit? What's that look like when that happens? Well, uh, there are a lot of uh, different examples I could use. So probably one of the most powerful ones is they want to, when they get out, be a part of our ministry. Mm. And the man you interviewed the other day by the name of Claire, yes, he's the head of our Bible Correspondence School now because he knew what it was like to be in there and to receive Bible studies and to receive messages of hope from people who were correcting the lessons. Yes, and yes. so he volunteered to lead out in this program, which has expanded greatly since we started three years ago. Over 2,000 inmates have been in the program, and currently there are 600 active inmates taking Bible lessons, Bible Correspondence School, through our church, Hope Bible Correspondence School. Mm-hmm. When you meet up with people behind bars who really have no interest in things religious and things spiritual, how do you deal with that personally? Because a lot of our listeners may want to write to someone or help someone, and they just don't want it. They don't want any part of that. How do you deal with rejection from people whom society has rejected? Well, it's difficult if they're not willing to listen to what we have to say. So what we basically do, we just keep praying for them. And it's interesting, in uh, some of the pods we go in are called program pods, where Everybody has to come to the program uh, as part of their agreement to be there. And other pods that we go in, it's totally open. There are TVs going, guys playing cards. They're on the telephones. So there's a lot lot going on around us as we sit at these tables. And usually we have anywhere between 8 to 12 guys that come. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because other guys who kind of walk by and sometimes they'll stop and hesitate and listen a little bit and they'll go on. And just the other day, one young man, he can't be over 20, he said, I've been watching you guys from a distance, and uh, so I think I want to be part of your, your group. And so <laughs> so he, he has joined us, and he, he knows his Bible, and that's another amazing thing. I find a lot of these men already know their Bible. They were raised in church. Somehow, somewhere, they got off track, but now they're coming back, and they're, for the first time, experiencing that Christ is real and that he... Uh, is somebody who loves them and cares for them and gave his life for them. And uh, so now they're, they're willing to listen because the choices they made just haven't been working. Mm-hmm. You know, the Someone Cares organization has told me on a number of occasions, people I've interviewed for this program, that a lot of local churches have a hard time accepting uh, ex-prisoners into their fold. They say, you know, just don't come here, stay away from us. How do you overcome that? How do you make a church who is uncertain and unfavorable toward ex-cons coming and being part of the membership? How do you change their mind to accept these people and love these people as Christ would? That's a good question, and it's not easy because uh, in our church we have probably five five or six former inmates, Uh 
And it's like some are concerned we just don't want too many of these people in our church. But I keep telling them, you know, what does Christ say? What does he want? You know, we are all prisoners of some type, of some habit or some addiction or, or some sin in the past, and we're all under the death penalty. So these guys appreciate what Christianity actually means, and they have gotten to know Christ in a personal way, and uh, that there that there is hope for change, and they don't have to go back to their old ways. And it's challenging, because you have to have a personal experience with Christ yourself and appreciate what He has done for you and forgiving you of your sins before you can realize that you're no better than these people that have gone through what they've gone through. Mm, mm. John Hawley is our guest today. He has a prison ministry down in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, very involved, and the words that he has shared with us today are just golden. Thank you so much for sharing these thoughts with us today. We appreciate that, John Holly. Thank you. You're welcome. And listener, I invite you to someonecares.org, where you can learn how to, uh, to write letters to inmates using the Someone Cares Pen Friend program. You can also listen to these programs, these radio programs, and share them with other people. If you are interested in starting some kind of ministry, there's resources there for you as well. That's all at someonecares.org. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with John Hawley reminding you that because of you, listener, because of you, inmates and ex-inmates can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that someone cares. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Someone Cares. If you'd like to become part of this vital prison outreach ministry, visit someonecares.org and discover ways you can safely and effectively touch the lives of incarcerated men and women with God's love. Again, that web address is someonecares.org. This program was produced by Life Talk Radio. Thank you.